Welcome to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear our identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we jump into this episode, we know that every listener has a lot of things going on. Lord, we just ask for pause. We give you praise. Lord, may the Spirit enter this conversation. Amen. Amen. Jay, welcome back to the booth. We are in another episode of Rediscovering Biblical Manhood. Oh, yeah. Secret agent training, Jay. Secret agent training. I can't believe it's already February, Chico. We are February 2 now. Woo. Pull out your men in black glasses, ladies and gentlemen, because we are about to jump in and close down this series. So we've spent a bit of time now, I believe it's like four weeks, Jay, talking through this idea of secret agent training, which is not really secret, but it is, right? We talked about, we had a whole episode kind of defining what we were meant to mean when we said secret agent, and it kind of organically came together at the end as to a label. Then we talked about this idea of how we protect ourselves as people the poses we, we revisited around what it is that a poser is for a man, for a woman. Uh, and then last week, we really kind of landed the plane thinking about the freedom that we should have in the world. So as we close this out, Jay, I guess there's really only one direction that you set up two episodes ago, which is as a Christian man, as a Christian woman, as a believer in Jesus, here I sit with what? Hope. I was hoping you would say that. Well, at the end of all things, right, there's this great scene from the last movie of the Lord of the Rings, and Sam and Frodo are laying on the side of Mount Doom. And they've already tossed the ring in, and the earthquakes are going, and everything's falling apart. And Sam says to Frodo, I'm happy to be here with you at the end of all things. And then shortly after that, the giant eagles come and rescue them. So if you've never seen the movie, you should watch it. It's epic. The Lord of the Rings is based on the Gospels and the man that wrote it, J.R.R. Tolkien is a believer. And, and it's really, it's great. If you can't get into the books, watch the movies. It's totally worth it if you watch it through the lens of, of the faith of, of Jesus. But what's amazing about that is we have hope, right? This is a very intense period of time historically, life is always hard on this planet because, you know, it's fallen and it's broken, right? It doesn't work the way it was designed. It's not working the way it's supposed to. So it's always intense, but there's periods on this planet that get super intense. And I think we're in one of those super intense periods, right? Crazy politics, you know, pandemics, world wars, technological chaos. I mean, the human spirit, is under total assault 24-7. So this is a pretty intense time to be alive. And it can be pretty hopeless for a lot of people. And I think for us, the big secret that's not a secret is the Christian gets to live here totally disconnected from that if we are abiding in Christ and because we know what's coming and most people don't. You started with Sam and Frodo, and I had pop into my mind... Um... I almost said Ben Stiller, Ben Affleck in Armageddon sitting with Liv Tyler, again, part of Lord of the Rings, with the watch the gazelle. And when he turns to her and says, well, what are we fighting for? You know, this idea of 
eternal hope is is different than the secular hope. And Jay, when you when you speak into this idea of hopelessness, I mean, you and I have friends, we've experienced turmoil, whether it be from 2018, 1920, everything going on with the world. <clears throat> when you lose your job, when I lose a job, it would be easy to snap our fingers and go into a total tailspin and say, there's no hope. How am I going to get another job in this economy? Right? So as a believer, with that lens on Jay, how would you approach that situation if you lost your job tomorrow? It's a great question. And I had a lot of friends who've recently lost their jobs, right? There's a lot going on in the economy. I think about it. I have a hard job that could go away at any moment. I mean, you know, these are these are serious questions and I've got a family to support and I've, you do Chica, you, you've seen and walked that road and you know, it's, it's in our flesh, we're going to panic in our flesh. We're going to look at those mountains and we're going to be like, I, how am I going to scale those? But as a believer, Jesus says, stay present. I'm always working. I'm all, so in this plane, the believer can trust that Christ is going to bring them through and he's going to give them the strength if they will only believe in the midst of their crisis. Easy say, hard do, we said to do, but that's part of it. But then the, the broader point is, and I don't want to be flip about this, but on some level it like doesn't really matter because what we're really here for is, just, is to live a certain way to show people what's really coming. And what's really coming is the restoration of all things, right? What's really coming is a new creation. What's really coming is pretty amazing and pretty exciting for, for those who believe. And it's so much closer than we think. I know in the first episode of this series, we, we talked about the concept of positive thinking. And as you were just speaking there, Jay, I'm thinking more instead of positive thinking my way that there's a restoration of all things, it's more of a confident expectation, right? Because I am in Jesus, I'm not, oh, well, if everything doesn't go right today, Jesus is going to come, positive think. You know, it's more like, oh, because everything doesn't go right today, confident expectation, Jesus has me and I'm in Jesus. And so therefore, hope is like this firm assurance versus just a, a mindset or a thought. Uh, when things are not clear or they're not known. We have hope because we expect things to go wrong on this planet, right? And so if, I guess, part of being a secret agent, if if we think back a couple episodes ago and we said, hey, we're not citizens of this planet, we're behind enemy lines, we're in a world at war, we're part of a resistance, you, know, you should expect things to go wrong. The, the enemy is going to find you out, right? You're going to get caught. You're going to lose your job. These things are going to happen, actually. And... The idea is that you will learn through them. Jesus will give you strength through them. But additionally, we have a sane amounts of hope because we're also promised that there's a reward coming. And that is something that I look forward to getting into on this podcast is talking about what the promise of heaven really is versus what a lot of people think it is. Thinking through um, scripture around hope, Jay, I found a, a phrase that speaks to what we were just talking about in the last two kind of back and forth, which is, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So there's that idea of confident expectation. But Jay, break this one down for me. This one stuck with me a little when we were talking about it last night as to what we were going to cover today. Romans 8.24 says, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we 
do not see, we wait for it with patience. If you know in your heart that something good is coming, like you knew the date, you knew the date of a bonus check, Ooh. things could be going bad or you might have this challenge or that challenge, but you're like, yeah, but I already know. I can have hope in this. Like I, I know I'm assured. It's, I can't see the check. It's not in my account, but I know it's coming. And I know when it gets here, it's going to, it's going to radically change things. Right. I can, I can have a lot of hope in that, or I can believe and know X, Y, Z. What we can have hope in is the reason that Christians are to live without fear. The re- Jesus talks about fear and anxiety all over the New Testament. And the whole Bible talks about it, actually. And we're just commanded all over the place. Yeah, but if you're a follower of Yahweh, like you don't, that's not for you. Mm. In fact, in fact, you're ordered, right? We, we are in the army of the Lord. We are ordered not to have anxiety. We're ordered not to fear. And you go, oh my gosh, how do I even do that? Well, part of the reason we can do that, and it, it takes work and understanding and practice, is we know sooner than we think Jesus is going to return return, and he's going to restore things to their original design. The reason you long for Eden, and we've talked about it, is because that's where you're from. That's your true home. But the challenge is heaven has gotten distorted, what people think is going to happen there. And then we've been taught to believe and hope for things that will make life easier here, like, oh, the AI revolution, technology, robots. What's going to make my life easier here? And that's not part of the promise. Jesus' promise was, yeah, this place, man, it's going to be brutal and things are going to go bad. Like, I promise you, life here is going to be hard. I don't think a lot of Christians realize Jesus did not promise an easy life on this planet. He promised the opposite. He said, hey, if you follow me, even if you don't follow me, but if you follow me, life here is going to be really tough and bad things are going to keep happening and the enemy is going to assault your life. And life on this planet is just fraught with Disappointment, 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 marked by small moments of joy that remind us of the coming kingdom. You and I have had plenty of conversation this week about the lens on which we look at what we do. And I know that we've listened to a couple of podcasts recently that speak of if you looked from top down versus this idea of horizontal. So we looked vertical down instead of horizontal, uh, things change, right? So when something goes bad in my day or somebody cuts me off or I have a moment with my wife, I don't look at it as in she is doing this or it is doing that, but more from a spiritual battle to what you were just referring to. There is a whole different way to look at life um, when you're looking up and down versus across the horizontal. And something you mentioned there triggered a conversation. I've, <laughs> I've been having a conversation with my eldest daughter this week, Jay, around predestination. And I know that that's going to sidetrack us if we went down there. But I think where we've landed now is this idea of does God know every single thing and have we been predestined to heaven or to hell? Where does free will come in, listener? Where we've landed is this idea of what you were speaking about, which is foreknowledge. Like God has foreknowledge, but it's not the foreknowledge of predestination. It's more like if I was sitting in the kitchen and I'm looking down two different hallways and I see both my kids coming towards me, I can foresee, or I've got that foreknowledge that, uh uh-oh, if I don't say something, they could potentially crash. But that foreknowledge doesn't make them crash or not crash. It's just I can see it coming. And so that's a mindset that I've been thinking about a lot this week when it comes to my belief in Jesus, when it comes to our belief in the hope. It's like we have this, again, this confident expectation, this foreknowledge that the restoration of all things is around the corner. But just us having that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen until it happens. 
Yeah, th- those are big theological rocks you just moved and things I've struggled with my whole life, especially because I'm a total control freak. And I, and I, <laughs> I spent years with worry and anxiety and panic and, and all these things. And, and so I'm a, I'm a walking poster board for that stuff. But, you know, I read this thing once because I used to really struggle with all of that theological stuff. And C.S. Lewis had this saying. He said that if this is helpful, use it. But it was essentially this. He said, think about a book. The author knows what's happening with the, with the characters at all times in the character's life. Because the author is outside of the book. They can see the beginning, the middle, and the end all at the same time. And that's God. God's outside of time. He's already seen the decisions we're going to make because he's at the end. He's also at the beginning and he's also here. And it's like a story with multiple endings. God is so complex. He could see all of the infinite choices we could make in a situation. And he also sees the one we made because he's there after we made it. But also he's working there as well, which is why everything works out for our good. It's, it's, it's a real mind bender. And if you spend too much time with it, your head will explode. Or you can step back and realize whoa, I live in a time-bound universe today. My creator lives outside of that time. And in the restoration of all things, I'm going outside that time with him. You said before that we are here and we, and Jesus promises that we are going to suffer. And hope, at least in my experience, Jay, with my life, with at least the last six to six years of my life, I feel that my faith has grown and therefore my hope has grown because of the suffering that I've gone through and the endurance that I produced or that was, again, Holy Spirit led through that suffering increased kind of my bank of hope that God is in charge and that if I just trust in him, um, it's kind of like that inspiration behind the endurance to have hope towards the end. Jay, when I think about Romans 5, um, and it says, and, and you and I, <laughs> we love this verse, through him we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in, his our word, hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How does that resonate with you? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm amazed when things start to go a little wrong, how fast I go to catastrophic thinking. I'm always disappointed about that. So like you, you were just commenting, you've been through a lot and it has strengthened your hope. And that's exactly how it's supposed to work. And that's also true for me. But I'm also surprised at how my initial reaction is, mm. this is going to be so bad. And here's all the 52,000 things that are going to go wrong. And I, I, uh, I just throw in the towel, it's over. I'm done. I'm done. Put a fork in me. And I'm amazed constantly throughout the day how that happens. But one of the things I've observed about my life as I've grown in maturity and the same experiences you're having is how fast I'm able to come back to myself and be like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And this is what the Lord's going to do. And this is what he's done. There are so many great Psalms, you know, and you can tell this is a human characteristic, right? Because if you read through the Psalms, there's so many that say, hey, time out, time out, look backwards. Let's remember Mm. the great deeds of the Lord. And let's ponder on those. The Israelis, 
the Israelites forgot all the time. We forget all the time. And, you know, it's like recency bias, right? You're the brain guy. But, you know, like it, I think what's just happened is going to keep happening. But it's not true. And no night lasts forever. And so the 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 challenge is we have a lot of people have this vision of heaven that is like so anemic. Oh, I'm going to go to the clouds and I'm going to play a harp and I'm going to be in a worship you know, a never ending worship set where I'm just praising the Lord. And people are like, wow, that sounds horrible, actually. Like, I don't want to do that. So we start thinking about what can we get here? And a lot of people, I think believers included, think about I need to live a good full life because I want to get as much goodness as I can before I got to go there. (laughs) And it's like, wait, wait, it's not actually what, what the Bible says. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, this place is awesome. And, and by the way, you're going to go there for a while and then I'm going to bring it all back together and you're going to get your body back and and you're going to get to live on the world the way it was supposed to be with beauty and restoration and golf courses and hiking and architecture and six pack. <laughs> we'll have we'll have an eternal six pack like we'll be so fit but you know I think we have such an anemic view of eternity. It's so horrible. But Jesus says, "What are you talking about? You're going to get a mansion." The streets of gold. There's a river of life that's never ending. Like it's going to be so awesome. But I, I really don't think a lot of people believe that. And just there's some great podcasts, but I was listening to one and they were interviewing people about believers, about I'm excited, but I want to have, I want to get married and have children here first before Christ returns. And you're like, wait a minute. Why? Like if we believe that the return of Christ is the greatest event that's going to happen on this side of the veil, and then things are going to be restored. Like, why don't we want that to happen right now? It belies the belief that really truthfully, what we're living through is really all there is. And we got to get as much goodness here as we can before we got to go there. The certainty of this future that you speak to, you know, this idea of we're going to be redemption of our body and we'll have eternal life, eternal life and the inheritance with all of the other saints. Um, this idea of the certainty, Jay, for me, comes back to this Holy Spirit piece and the indwelling of the Spirit. So as we kind of think, as we wrap up this idea of secret training, I think one of the biggest secrets, not a secret, but it is a secret for us living in this world, is that we are led by the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit is in us. And so therefore, whatever we do, we can turn to the Spirit in those moments of anxiousness. We can turn to the Spirit in the moments where we're foreseeing something or we need something, we can turn to the spirit and ask Jesus, you know, to, to lead us through it. Um, versus as we've talked about today, just layering into the, into the way of the world, which is panic, which is control, which is, I can do this. I can make this happen because I'm in control. Yeah. And I think that's only going to get worse as time goes on. Like things are, if you're a believer, we believe things are winding down, not up. We don't know how long that's going to take, but this is a story that has an end. And we're getting near that end is what many people believe. But it's true in any regard if you follow Jesus, because he said, I'm coming back, which means the story started ending the moment he ascended to heaven after the crucifixion. Direction. That marked the final chapters of the story. I don't know how long that's going to take. Nobody knows how long that's going to take, but it is ending. And if you believe that, then, well, what's next? What's next? 
and the promises are what Jesus challenges us to lean into as believers and to share with others. And so, you know, for me, I, people who follow this podcast know we've been pretty transparent. You know, this is stuff we're trying to figure out and we're trying to lean into and live our lives every day. But you said it earlier on this podcast, we are more mature than we used to be. And I am faster to return my heart and my mind to the promises of Christ and the coming kingdom than I used to be. But it doesn't mean that all throughout the day, we don't face the same assaults as everybody else. We do. And we give in and we have our moments. But how fast can you return to hope? That is the challenge. I'm sure the French resistance had their days where they're like, this war is <laughs> never going to end. And another one of our friends got picked off. And, you know, like the Nazis are coming, like the days are dark and evil. That's just true. But there are going to be spots of joy that remind us of what's coming. And that is the gift that God gives believers and all of us. Hey, that those moments of joy you experience, you're going to get that 24-7 in the restoration of all things. Hope produces joy and peace in the believers through that power of the Spirit, Jay. And Romans, just to cap this off and then we'll pray. Romans says to rejoice in hope, to be patient in the tribulation that you were just speaking to, and be constant in prayer. So I think this combo as a, as a kind of handle to walk out of this secret agent training is we have been armed with the Holy Spirit as believers, and all we need to do is turn in prayer and say it out loud, declare it. You know, I am yours, Jesus. What should I do? Spirit, lead me towards an outcome here where I can rejoice in hope, be patient in this tribulation or stress that I'm facing, and then be constant in prayer. Jay, another good episode. Let me pray. And believers, listeners, friends, we wish you all the best this week, and we will speak to you next time on the podcast. Heavenly Father, thank you for the freedom right now that Jay and I have to speak your word. Thank you for the listeners that are tuning in and sharing this with their friends across the world. Lord, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of your spirit may abound us in hope. Lord, we just call upon your spirit right now as we may be all struggling with temptations, with tribulations, and we just ask for your favor through your spirit and the blood of your son um, to cover us so that we can continue to walk in your will and believe that you have the restorations of all things in front of us. We love you so much. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, a lot of random noises today. We must have been talking about something.